0: reading for today from big book is on page 151, the last paragraph. In, in AA, I hear sometimes, you know, there are two surrenders. You know, we surrender to alcohol, we do the steps, and then the obsession, mental obsession is lifted. So here, now and then, a serious drinker, being dry at the moment, says, I don't miss it at all. Feel better, work better, having a better time. As ex-problem drinkers, we smile at such a Sally. We know our friend is like a boy whistling in the dark to keep his spirits, to keep up his spirits. He fools himself. Inwardly, he would give anything to take a half dozen drinks and get away with them. He will presently try the old game again, for he isn't happy about his sobriety. He cannot picture life without alcohol. Someday, he will be unable to imagine life Either with alcohol or without it. Then he will know loneliness, such as few do. He will be at the jumping off place. He will wish for the end. Can you talk about this second addiction to, to self? And so I'm going to reread this paragraph, but replace alcohol with self will. Now and then, a serious self willer being surrendered at the moment says, I don't miss it at all. Feel better work better having a better time as ex problem self willers we smile at such a sally we know our friend is like a boy whistling in the dark to keep up his spirits he fools himself inwardly he would give anything to take a half dozen decisions and get away with them he will presently try the old game again for he isn't happy about his surrender he cannot picture life without self-reliance Someday he will be unable to imagine life either with self-reliance or without it. Then he will know loneliness such as few do. He will be at the jumping off place. He will wish for the end. Well, thank
1: God that's not my present experience. Yeah, so Paul, can you hear me? Yeah, Paul alcoholic, welcome everybody. Yes, thank God. uh, that's not my daily experience. Uh, you can A lot of people would say you could replace the drinking with thinking and it would be getting to an underlying, the underlying addiction, which is uh, the addiction really to be the thinker, really. Yeah, so. But really, again, thank God I don't, have this feeling. I like the. Uh, I never really gave much uh, thought to the word abstinence, but I ha- I have a whole lot of feeling about it now, which is awesome. Over the years, I've experienced an abstinence of, the problem doesn't exist for me anymore, and I am just uh, a lucky one because that urge uh that urge combined with this with the the decision based on an urge, drinking and using, I've never had a strong feeling or a thought about drinking or using since I got sober. It be 33 years in a couple of days. Uh, that's just mind-boggling because a lot of times you f- you find a solution, but the problem is still very, very alive and well. So it seems almost like a battle. It's sort of like trying to put like an ointment on a puppy. Yeah, the puppy will fucking struggle and fucking doesn't understand why and it's biting and everything like that. And it just doesn't, you know, there is a solution, but the problem is still alive and kicking. Well, in my experience and observation, uh, the problem, I mean, the, the radioactive core of the problem was removed. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. So a, a, a large call for vigilance, I mean, maybe was in the beginning, but as the habits changed through taking the suggestions of AA, and you know, getting commitments and doing what we do, the habits quickly and slowly changed over a short period of time, and then I was able to travel lighter based on the principles that uh, I was adhered to day in and day out. But that that urge was removed immediately to drink and use, which. Uh, Maybe I was confronted with what am I gonna do with all this time and all that stuff, and maybe I felt uncomfortable quite a lot of the time, but never did it lead me to thinking drinking was a good idea or drug use. So I was thoroughly convinced, uh, not by myself or through myself, but through some other power, and I really believe in my experience, the conceding to myself that I was screwed or the admittance was in the innermost, uh, just as a way of not saying it was in the thought system or in the mental condition. So, uh, and obviously a lot of people feel the disease after the drinking is seems to stop the thinking continues and of course the problem resides in the mind it doesn't reside in the bottle it doesn't reside in the syringe it resides in the mind these things are used to amplify certain qualities that cause more irritability restlessness and discontent and every time we try to put out the fire we increase the the strength of the fire because we're relying on a failed system that can't get out of itself literally and so we've come to the conclusion many of our community and they shared it with us in a simple statement self can't get out of self uh maybe at the beginning i didn't have may i had an understanding of that i don't feel it was too solid but now that's one of the most important uh Statements I ran into in in our community, because it explained exactly the conundrum that I'm in after the drink gets stopped, and after not uh, after the drug usage stops, is this reliance or identification as self, and how. A lot of things I come to believe in, or at least I have to seem to listen to it, the narration in the head, uh, the opinions that come out of how I perceive things, all of this stuff is constantly reinforcing this idea of being self. There's very little
2: shit (sighs)
1: about how my head works that reinforces the idea that I'm spirit it doesn't it reinforces an idea that i was paul that i'm gonna be paul and therefore i am paul now and uh, <laughs> that paul is a carrier of alcoholism it's not alcoholism but it it alcoholism to me amplifies self it amplifies the expressions of self So instead of self-will, it's an extreme self-will. Yes? Or as as they say in the book, self-will run riot. So that would be an extreme self-will. So alcoholism, in my feeling, amplifies something that's there. Maybe not in its full bloom, but the alcoholism will allow it to bloom (laughs) in some nasty ways. (laughs) So... This is just an opinion of a person in the program. I believe the root of the problem is the act of being identified as self. And it's, it's self that has defeated us and it's, it's, it has been allowed to and is allowed to defeat us by our identification as self. So when we meet what's defeating us in our lives, inside, wherever, we call it me and therefore the, 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 the defeat continues before you stop drinking and after you stop drinking. Many of us, we've been sober for quite a while, but we're still, getting, we're still in the defeat of self, yeah? Or at least it's severely limited possibilities that AA has offered, like uh, being able to enjoy peace of mind, uh, be rocketed in the fourth dimension, all these possibilities, have not become uh, available. And I would say because of the bondage of self, not because of drinking or not drinking, but the bondage of self. So I feel, uh, you know, you of course the drinking and the using has to stop and stay stopped for, other investigations to continue, to get down to the root of things. And I believe the root of things is an act of being identified as something that we're not. And I think it's demonstrated pretty clearly because when people come into the first inventory process, the fourth step, they come in with the feeling that the resentments they, they now start looking at are theirs the fears they write up has been theirs. And their future fears will be theirs. And their future resentments will be theirs. And they're acting out in the pursuit of what they want and harming people will be theirs. And they'll go into the inventory and they'll leave with that same idea that the manifestations of self are mine. I don't see how you can't recognize that as the activity of the being identified as self i mean how can we keep calling the manifestations of self ours when it's described very clearly that we're represented as us and self is represented as self and it says being convinced that us no it doesn't say that being convinced that self manifested in various ways has defeated us. So we will now look at its common manifestations, and that's the introductory inventory. Resentments, fears, harms done to others in the pursuit of what we want, looking at the sexual behavior of our life. Yeah? So sometimes there's a part of the disease, the most important aspect of the disease seems to have an immunity when it's put through the spiritual car wash of the 12 steps. It doesn't get washed away, it gets wet, it regroups. It has to now <laughs> maybe wear different clothing and go to different places, but basically it's intact and it's manifesting through us and defeating us while we've been sober for 30 years. So the, the disease continues under the umbrella of recovery. I feel so, and it's based on us not knowing it. So part of the of the platform of these talks and the commitment to keep coming back is to reinforce this idea and then see if it proves uh, valuable to you by entertaining it, yeah? And see if you start traveling lighter in, in the design for living, in the way of life that AA has offered. And if you have, if you do, and you are, well, more will be revealed. As it says in the vision for us, this power is going to constantly reveal to us what you'll find out. Yeah, you'll find out. You'll be able, you'll be the here to observe and reflect on that power that's doing for us what we can't do for ourselves and uh, the evidence will be as fucking as clear as day yeah that uh something is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves and yeah so i can go on and on but a guy uh in the other day brought up something very good germany well maybe because i think it's very good because it's i've i've attempted to share it many times which is this This seemingly easy transition of giving credit and great honor to that which is doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves while in recovery, yet still taking responsibility for all that was produced through us by the the influence of the disease. I don't see why there can't be uh, an application of what we so easily apply to life as saying, you know, the grace of this power is doing whatever to the past little, the lower power of the self for the past, And maybe we could become free from uh, its constant renewing of the guilt and shame based on past events that really, we didn't have much say in them happening. Yeah, If I introduced drugs into my system, I was apt to do almost anything. I just don't see how we can keep on keeping on with the story that I did all that I just don't see it it's I think it's a dead end and I feel like it's time for it to be dropped yeah I I really overdue. yeah I mean to to be here 33 years later and still be defined by the guilt and shame based on behaviors I exhibited while under the influence of drugs and alcohol I just don't
0: Yeah. All right. Thanks. So thank you, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Um, Richard has his hand up. I'm going to ask you to unmute Richard.
2: Hello, Paul. Um, uh, Nice to meet you. Um, Okay, so um, I appreciate what you just said. I feel like I needed to hear that. Um I've been um sober for five days. I uh I was sober for uh 15 months, willpower, just totally pull willpower, no 12 steps, anything. And uh now I'm trying to figure figure out how to get past the urge, how to stop drinking again, because it's always been I've always been able to quit, but it's always kind of been through trauma. I've had some traumatic experience that um helped me quit. So, and also like if our true form is spirit and there's no past, how do we, how do we kill the disease or the parasite that's inside us um, and get rid of it completely instead of just um, making it, you know, change its clothes or whatever, but it's still dormant inside us. Is there a way to completely get rid of it? Thank you.
1: First of all, you're not gonna get rid of it. You're not gonna get rid of it. That's my humble opinion. To me, that's the basis of the program. It's not a self-help program of how to help self defeat an aspect of self. It's a reliance on a higher power program where you admit that you can't do things and in and and in that admittance those things get done so it's a trip yeah and that spirit of understanding i feel carries through the whole program so i would admit that i can't pull it off yeah and in a way that's sort of a surrender you surrender the wheel of the car you don't get out of the car but you surrender the wheel of the car yeah and uh, stop driving the bus, so to speak, yeah. Now, you're gonna end up at that conclusion. It can be the easier, softer way by learning from others, or you're gonna learn from, you know, in your own life because it's not gonna keep working, yeah? You may be able to will yourself into a few months of whatever, but it's going to uh, rise up again, yeah? Because in a sense, I try to use the image of it being foreign to us because we're identified as us. But it is an aspect of what we would call us, yeah. On a much larger level. So you're not going to get rid of it. Yeah. And it's not going it's not gonna go away. What happens is it loses its power because its power is our power. Our power gets transferred to it through identification as it. Yeah. When you start seeing it as not you, you weaken it. You weaken its grip. Yeah. By wrestling with it, you strengthen its grip. So, yeah, I feel. Uh, and maybe just maybe you're gonna need a way of life to help you, because uh, you. The way of life may be presented as one pointed, which is to recover from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, but its benefits are many. And a lot of things that would bring about, let's say, a more balanced you, Richard, like a sense of belonging and doing absurd stuff that make you feel a little better, would maybe go a long way to keep the parasitical... Uh, tantrums at bay, yeah, so the way of life is very important if you're a real addict or and that's someone that has, does not have a stable ability uh, to control their use of drinking, yeah, so you may think you have a stable one, but if it only lasts for a year or eight months, you don't, yeah, so... You may fall under the category of a real addict or a real alcoholic. And uh, yeah, the solution of AA is a reliance on something greater than self. It doesn't need to be called God. It's just recognizing what you're not. Uh, Well, it's explained well, and perhaps there's a better way. Trusting something infinite rather than finite self. So maybe it's good to learn what, trusting finite self looks at it's usually a faith in the thoughts that are being presented about you and life and them and everything and the future and the past because there's a whole lot of false evidence being presented during the day (laughs) and uh and with without us knowing us knowing it we're in consent with a lot of that false evidence so false evidence is appearing real which is an acronym we use for fear yeah false evidence appearing real we play the role of how false evidence seems to appear real <laughs> so uh yeah i hope that helped bro and uh If you haven't done it, it's probably pretty clear you're not going to be able to do it. (laughs) So you can't vanquish uh, something in a way that's not there unless you're there. So (laughs) Have, have you noticed there isn't anything called alcoholism? There are people that have been taken over by alcoholism. So they're really isn't a parasite without the host so the host is essential for the parasite to express (laughs) there isn't there isn't a thing called alcoholism walking around it's something that uh is a possibility in us yeah so yeah and i feel really the alcoholism is an amplification of something that's in place which is Uh, an identification as self, as the primary primary point of narration. Yeah, so we live as if we're a thing, an individual, long-lasting, separate thing, and then we yearn for unity. (laughs) I'm not a real believer of that assumption, that we're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. So. I would say, I feel we're more of spirit than of body and mental activity. And, uh, but the body and mental activity can not produce that, a possibility because it's already there. You, you find it not by affirming it as a mental physical thing but by negating the mental physical thing. <laughs> That's how the spirit gets affirmed, yeah. not denying that's a mental activity negating there's a recognition that if i am a spiritual if i am spirit well that would be the highest form of maintenance of a spiritual condition is being one and then if you are a spiritual condition that's one of the requirements of your daily reprieve is the maintenance of that spiritual condition you can't maintain a, a spiritual condition better than being one. There's no, that would be the highest form of maintenance is being one. And if you're being a spiritual condition, you, uh, you have the opportunity of that daily reprieve from alcoholism. Yeah.
0: So thanks. Thanks. Uh, Chris, you're up next. Can I ask you to unmute? Hey Paul. Hey Chris.
3: I've hey, um, been listening to a lot of your stuff lately and I've been in and out the story is anyway that since I was 15 and I'm at about seven years sober now and um, there's been a lot of Uh, frustrated misunderstanding as time has gone on with the stuff in the big book and the stuff that I'd heard and having worked the steps and having come out of the obsession. And it is not a problem anymore. However, reading into it more and more, taking people through the steps, things were just not adding up. And I think lately, I heard you recently and I mean, like I heard the message of what you were saying to the point that it's changed a lot of this, my spiritual practices and inquiry. It's, whereas before it was the sort of protestation to say in the big book, you know, selfishness, self-centeredness, this is the root of our problems. And my interpretation of that, and I really shouldn't speak for anybody else, my understanding of that was that I, have this quality of selfishness that is the problem, that is to say, I am selfish and and a lot it gets hurt, it gets heard and it's it's sort of from that, listening lately, just this last week, and seeing the hearing the message of the presupposition of a non existing entity trying to get liberation from something that doesn't exist suddenly snaps all of this big book information into something that's that makes sense it switched it was just like one missing linchpin of information that's not to say my experience as of yet is unity or whatever but it's i can i can read this book and go oh rather than what like and you know there's just so many so much terminology in there that all of a sudden clicked and it's stuff that I've heard you say but you know we considered its its common manifestations or we looked at causes and conditions i had no clue i could not put that together for the life of me causes and conditions of what and now that we're talking about manifestations of something believed to exist that doesn't exist as self i don't know i just I'm pretty grateful. That's all. I was just I'm just you know as far as you've provided something that I I needed to get a hold of and it seems like it's taken years and years and uh, I hope it grows from there but it's a catch 22, you know. I'm 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 meditating. <laughs> I'm I'm doing self-inquiry. Yeah, I'm looking at my thoughts. I'm taking inventory of my character defects and and all of a sudden it's just a prospect. Now it's a hypothesis that I'm working with at least. Right? It's yeah. it's not necessarily a hardcore belief I'm saying he's absolutely right, but it's it's the only thing that makes sense. And and so I just I'm grateful for the perspective, man.
1: Well, Chris, thank you. And please keep reporting because this is, uh, you know, I have no reason to share. And this is one of the many reasons why we share. Yeah, it's the hope of what you just expressed. So, yeah. Yeah, this power, you know, this power constant reveals, but we sort of need the eyes to see it to understand what's being said, yeah? It can be misconstrued if the self claims it. It turns it into something else, another order or another way of beating ourselves up for not being enough and shit. It's very tricky. So the difference between self-knowledge availing us nothing and knowledge of self being very valuable is very clear yeah so because knowledge has an has a potentiality it's based on what's before it so if self is claiming the knowledge it avails us nothing yeah if the knowledge is about that which is claiming knowledge that's valuable yeah so it's just a it's a tricky little maneuver, but it's seamless. If you keep following it, it doesn't, it has a seamlessness to it. That's very, very revealing. So thanks, thanks for that share. Thanks.
0: thanks Chris, thanks very Paul. Yeah. Allie's up next.
4: Hi, thank you, Carl and Paul, thank you. Um, I'm really grateful to be here. This is my first meeting. I was uh, directed to this, not my first, uh, my first meeting, I guess. Um, But I am relatively new to the 12 steps. Um, I'm a a love addict and codependent. But I think I've known for um, and I have food problems. Um, I've known for a while that the problem is um, thinking and specifically Um, the thinking around a sense of separateness and the fear that that sense of separateness creates. Um, And I wanted to ask you specifically about step three and a decision to abandon self. Um, I feel like I'm going in this circle where um, I've been working a two-step program for about a year. And I keep thinking about half measures avail us nothing. And I feel like even the way I'm working those first two steps are are half measures because um, I don't know how to surrender to a program of self abandonment from a place of uh, self will run riot. I don't know how to sort of absolve myself of my um overwhelming sense of sort of egocentric um, smallness and importance. So, uh, and I think it was useful to hear you saying the thing about, you know, wrestling with something, it gets stronger. And that's something I've been thinking a lot about, especially being in a program like SLAA, where there's bottom lines. And I'm like, well, calling attention to the behaviors that are hurting you, isn't that just gonna sort of fan the flames more but um, I wanted to ask you about that and maybe specifically based on something you were saying uh, for the first question, you you gave this metaphor of, um, you said, what the, the note I took is, admittance as surrender of the wheel of a car. You're still in the car, but you're surrendering the wheel. So that, and I, I guess I'm wondering like what the car is. Is the car just me being is the car self? Yes. yes. The car is me being alive.
1: Okay. Uh, yes. Or just this living, yeah. See, remember that the third step is has the word care in it. Turning making a decision to turn your willing life over to the care. It's not uh, that has a much different flavor than turning my willing life over to God, whatever. It's not saying that. It's saying you're turning your willing life over to the care. And in a way, really, the care is represented by the new way of life, you know, the program and the community and stuff. Yes. And then you see a grace working through that. And what gives, you see, the idea of working on yourself as self, yes, may be a way of reinforcing self, yeah? But that doesn't mean that's what happens. It's a possibility. The grace of the program can override that possibility, yeah? So there won't, the claiming of the action by self may not be fulfilled. That action will be given new meaning, yeah? Yes? So- You're introduced to a power, a source of power. Let's call it the big dog. And you've been living under a source of power called the small dog that's been masquerading as the only dog and implying it's very, very big. Now there's been a new power introduced to the mix, yeah? And therefore, when you were doing an action and the self thing would just claim it, And it would be, and it would give that action its meaning. It's being overrided by the grace. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. So don't be afraid. Just do what's asked of you. And don't worry about what your intention was. It's sort of like if I'm serving sandwiches to people who are very hungry, they're not questioning my intentions why I'm giving them sandwiches. They want the sandwich. Yeah. So the service is working. Yes, I am being of service. Now, my head may be saying, no, you're not. You're just doing this. But in fact, that story is getting overridden by something. That person's getting a sandwich. Yeah, (laughs) that's helping them. So this idea of uh, it's almost like a mental constipation when you enter so you now start thinking all your motives are the are seen from the past motives they're being overridden we're in a new way of life having a new employer being all powerful it's taking care of us yeah this is what's going on so the way of life and the suggestions of of the 12 steps programs however they're whatever banner they're under you know codependency or food There's a grace available, yeah? There is. There's a power available to us that will not allow the selfing to claim every fucking thing and make up a story out of it, yeah? You'll start having real effects and a real life, yeah? And you may have a story that, oh, I'm not serious about this, but you're sober (laughs) at the moment, yeah? Something is doing for you what you can't do for yourself. That's the program. So on that I what else was uh I think that you know hit what you were saying yes Yeah have, uh, a lot of us have relied way 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 too much of uh with the intellect that has been claimed by the self thing yes it's sort of like keep it simple stupid sometimes works the best for certain of us yeah so just do what we do yeah don't be in the outcome business and just see what occurs and I'll tell you uh this way of life works concerning the insanity that precedes the first binge or the first drink or the first whatever yes because this isn't about stopping. It's about not starting. Yeah? It's just a very clear way of life. So I hope that was helpful. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and uh, if you want to come back, and because uh, my real belief is there may be very different ways, different vehicles of addiction, but if you go back way, it comes from one source, which is self. The bondage of self, really, which is the mental addiction. The mental addiction spins out all the other aspects of addiction. Yeah. But if you get to the root of it, it's something that's, uh, we're doing something to try to replace something we think is missing or some, some other aspect. And we're wrong, you know. The, uh, the idea that you're separate and it's never going to change isn't true. Yeah, it just basically is not true. So uh, that's what some of the downloads are. What's constantly revealed to us is having the eyes to recognize a lot of false evidence that's being presented as real as real can be. And so we stop being misled by what we're listening to all day because we stop listening to it as without as, you know, with so much devotion and fucking... uh, you know, blind belief. We start questioning shit, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So I hope it helps honey. you come back and stay. Yes, Just if you can make that decision to turn it over to the care of something else. Yes.
4: Yeah. It just feels like an intellectual exercise. So I sort of know that I'm not doing it. I don't have that innermost thing, but I feel like I need to keep doing the steps to stay with action, even if I think my step three is a load of shit.
1: Well, it's true because step three is very hollow. It's followed by four through nine. The working steps is what brings weight to the third set decision, yes? So if you read the book of AA, it basically says, you know, you promptly get into action and you start learning how to do inventory and you start doing inventories. That's, com- that's, it's a decision that's followed up with action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The decision itself is hollow. Yeah. What fills it up is four through nine. Yeah. So just if i don't know about with food or not but they must have an inventory process yes
4: i think so i'm not in the food program i'm doing um like a sex and love addiction program yeah. well,
1: so they have they must have an inventory yeah
4: i think so i'm working out of the big book so we're kind of this weird niche right, well, so just, i'm basically yeah i'm following the big book
1: instructions well I hope you have a sponsor. Well, get into doing some writing today. Yeah. Thank you.
4: Yeah. yeah.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Ellie. Uh, Eric from Toronto is up next.
5: Eric? I can't unmute myself. There we go. There you go. Eric, alcoholic addict. Uh, Yeah, so uh, I really. Hold
1: on one second, Eric. That's the spirit of recovery. I can't unmute myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's the
0: whole point.
5: (laughs) I like that. Yeah, so um, I was taken through this process uh, about eight years ago, uh, a female a woman sponsor of mine, she took me through this process. It was called the, the no choice and the don't care process. And she mucked me through this book, right. And through this process, I started adopting this complete acceptance around everything that's happening in my life and turning it over to a higher power. So I can't care what's going on in in all these aspects or areas in my life. And I, I continuously keep practicing the don't care. And there's two types of don't cares for me. There's either the fuck it's right. Or there is the turning it over to a higher power where God's going to take care of me, no matter what is going on in my life today. Right. Mm, So I've been around for a bit and, you know, my willpower always wants to take me back into self. Right. So I always have continuously thoughts. Um, My disease manifests itself in, in many different forms. So today I don't obsess. Or think about drugs or alcohol, but it could be other things. It could be money. It could be women. Whatever it is, right? Shopping. Um, so you know, just coming around and like listening to you and trying to like like identify that those thoughts are not me. They're just thoughts, and I can just allow them to flow through me and not grasp them. Is is a beautiful thought, really? I mean, to to, to work and practice on those types of principles the feelings where the feelings just allow them, allow them to just feel through me that I don't have to hold on to this feeling of shame or guilt or, or or depression or anxiety or whatever it is, and just allow it to, it's just a feeling this too shall pass, you know? Um, so when I was taken through the book, you know, the step three prayer or sorry, the step three says made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. And that's on page 59. But you turn the page over, it says, being convinced we were at step three, which is that we decided to turn our will, which is my thinking, and my life, which is my action, over to God as I understood him. Just what do we mean by that and just what do we do? But the word care is removed out of this sentence. You know, and it it just shows me that once I make the decision that, like, you know, I have a problem, I can't manage, right, my own life. No human power can relieve my alcoholism or addiction. So some sort of higher power has to come in and that God could and would if he were sought. So now I need to start seeking this, this power, you know, and like, I liked what you said, because a lot of the time, this power is in the rooms. Like you, you said it in one of your talks that I just heard, you know, the, 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 the grace of God is in the rooms. I feel the energy in those rooms. Like you were talking about sharing your fives and sixes in the rooms, you know? Um, and, and I, I like that, right? Like, I have to shed light on a lot of my secrets or else they're just going to be, you know, within myself. You know, I got to bring them out. You know, I need to talk about things. I can't just keep hiding things and, you know, allowing them to, to fuster within myself, right? So for me, it's just continuously keep growing and doing this work. But this whole thing that you're talking about is a lot of new, new you know, it's, it's very new to me you know, the self and, you know, uh, self can't get out of self. And, you know, I love it. I love it. You know, like I, I, I come from the lineage of like Mark Houston and, you know, I have some sponsor, I have a sponsor that was his sponsor and I I love listening to a lot of his talks and, um, you know, and then I start hearing your stuff and it it really starts making sense to me. Like, I want what you have, you know, like, I don't know if your mind is always shut off or not. But that's what I want. I want I want peace of mind. And, and when I when I maybe my mind isn't shut off all the time, but I know it's definitely shut off when I'm working one on one with people. You know, when I start giving this thing away, my mind, I'm not thinking about my, myself. I'm not thinking about my problems or this or that. I'm seeing a light go on on another guy working one on one with him. And all of a sudden he's starting to get this thing, you know. So I just wanted to share that. And I'm really grateful that I was able to, you know, connect with you, Paul, and and this beautiful group. And um, yeah, and Mike, and I just want to continue to be here and learn and, you know, that's it really. Well, great. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. We're happy to have you.
1: Yeah. That's all that occurs. Like the key is already in in the ignition. Yeah, it's already in the ignition. So the message is just, uh, hopefully brings the immediacy to the solution, sort of like people would say, thy will be done, but really through observation, thy will is done. It's, you see it now, yes? And the being convinced of these certain facts lead to other conclusions a whole lot of other conclusions where something just sort of like it says in the third part step where it talks about we sincerely take this position of reliance on a higher power whatever and then we get established in that position so when there's the being convinced yeah gets established a lot of other stuff uh becomes clear yeah because now instead of having a shaky basis, you're on sound footing. Yeah. And things get solid and there's more solidity brought to it. So Zen would say the, the effect of that would be blue is blue and red is red. You just start seeing things clearer. Yeah. And it's not about there's more seeing, there's just seeing more. Yeah. It doesn't like that you get more seeing, but there's seeing more. Yeah, so basically, uh, and then you really know uh, the problem by its absence, you know, just like you would know gravity and the effects of gravity by being in an anti-gravity chamber. You would realize, wow, now I know gravity by its absence. Yeah, the same thing with the uh, bondage of self, you really understand the bondage of self when it's absent. <laughs> when the relief, the relief is the greatest informer of the problem, the relief itself, yeah, so, yeah, hallelujah, there is a solution. <laughs> it may not seem so, but it is. there is. Uh, it, and I know it seems like your role is so prominent, but it's going to get decreased more and more <laughs> in, the, in the process. <laughs> There'll be less of you in it as it goes on. And you can see the change of effects if you go from page 60-something to 84, where it says uh, the problem will not exist for us. Yeah, And you'll be placed in a position of neutrality. It's not saying you will arrive based on your own merits to a a position of neutrality. You'll be placed there sort of as if you didn't know what was going on. Exactly. So, and you will cease fighting everyone or anything. When I first read that, I felt, oh, another fucking order. Now I've got to cease fighting everyone and everything. How can I possibly pull that off? But now I have different years and I see it as an effect yeah oh yeah that's an effect yeah I'll have many moments where I have ceased fighting anyone or anything is it I never fight everyone no it's just a a moment to moment condition yeah hey I'm in a moment condition I'm not fighting anyone or anything and those moments pile up yeah (laughs) they do and uh and the problem doesn't exist for you my feeling is for that to stabilize you have to see the problem doesn't exist as you yeah because i believe the problem is existing as us (laughs) so let's get clear about that shall we (laughs) i think that would be nice that's why we have these talks, one of the many reasons I come up with seemingly. So, but yeah, if you could see, in, re- in a weird way, what you are is a many splendid event. So, but the way we come to peace with something is to see it as other, and then you can recognize, obviously it's a part of this huge us, yeah? but now it doesn't have uh, all the attention and interest it was using to thrive in this little idea of self has gradually or quickly been removed, yeah? You've lost interest in self. You're not trying to not take self seriously. You're not taking self seriously. (laughs) That's 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 the growth of rule 62 is you're not taking self seriously anymore. (laughs) And therefore, you're taking a lot of other things, no things seriously. Yes? I mean, completely a turnaround. Yeah. To the point you could say, instead of thinking you're a mental, physical condition, you're now not thinking your spiritual condition, but feeling or sensing your spiritual condition. It is not brought about by thought. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. All right, thank
0: you. Thanks, Eric. Oliver, you're up next.
1: Oliver, Oliver.
6: Hello, my name is Oliver alcoholic. uh Greetings Hello. from uh, uh, Thank you guys for the meeting. Thank you, Paul. Uh, I got a question again, uh, maybe in some form it's already been asked. I recently had uh, a, a change in perspective uh, on how I view, how I look at my higher power. And uh, it was always, you know, my power was primarily always omnipotent. And now it's more like, I don't know, under the influence or what, I've been going to a lot of meetings lately. I've been going to non-duality as well. Uh, sudden, like a realization that, you know, uh, seeing God as, or higher power as omnipresent rather than omnipotent. And it kind of, you know, almost instantly, the shift was, the change was that, uh, I, I earlier I couldn't get rid of materialistic uh, view on spiritual stuff what can I get from it when will I get it uh, concerning about the result con- about the outcome I um, uh, I don't know if I should call it spiritual materialism or materialistic spirituality but you know concerning what will I get and when the hell will I finally get it and uh when praying, asking for stuff, you know, and I didn't like it. I, I was kind of aware of it, and I didn't like it, but I just couldn't get rid of it. And since this kind of maybe not that you know relevant, maybe it doesn't sound that relevant, but since I'm having a perspective of my higher power as omnipresent, which literally means present in the air in this room, for instance, I kind of lost, not only lost perspective of, you know, uh, or concern about the outcome, or what will be, or what will I get, I also have a will and kind of desire finally to do program, finally to do inventory, to do step four, to do step, consequentially you know uh, step nine and I kind of really really want to do it and it's just you know this change in perspective of you know God being from God being omnipotent to God being uh, uh, ever uh, uh, omnipresent and uh, uh, I don't know if this you know uh, is interesting question but uh, I'm still kind of you know catching my breath and and you know trying to figure out what the hell happened because it really really feels like a, in, in my life and in my present recovery like a major change i uh, recently have had a relapse three and a three and a half uh, weeks ago and i went on a 12-day binge and at the end of that binge of course i was quite beaten and uh, felt awful and uh, there was a night in front of me where you know i decided not to drink anymore and i knew it was gonna be rather horrible with you know all the withdrawing effects and that was i think the last time that i actually got on down on my knees to ask god for something you know to ask for some kind of relief to ask to i don't know be with me or whatever you know and all i got was you know silence rather spooky and hovering silence and of course i wasn't pleased at the time but later i kind of look at it as the best possible answer that i could get you know uh, yeah so that's that's kind of my question that kind of pushed me i guess into the direction of i don't know even why you know that it started it, it, it can happen spontaneously just you know to to see higher power as um, rather as omnipresent and, and not you know just all powerful
0: thank you
1: thank you bro well you know aa wanted to make it a wide wide door so they came up with a very novel idea uh when he was talking to Ebby Thatcher, I think, about a higher power of your own understanding. It sort of uh, gave Bill a permission to uh, access that idea of God because he had closed it down based on his behavior and his ideas. So it was very novel. So it was brought into AA uh, as, as a working idea when you come in. It's going to change by the, the effects of the process. So let's say I come in with a higher power of my own understanding and I stay under the influence of AA. In my experience, it turned into I have a higher power of, of its own understanding. Yeah. So now I'm in a position of receiving revelation instead of defining a power. I'm a... <laughs> I let it tell me uh, about itself. <laughs> I find that. And that was sort of a process in recovery, yeah. So I started with my own understanding was there was a force that was going to look out for me, like the new employer idea. And then as I went with the program, I realized,, uh, you know, I'd much rather have a higher power of its own understanding than my understanding. <laughs> just seems to be you know putting a cast on a thousand legged uh, event whatever so yeah and uh my when i describe it as a description i say it's always available at all times which would be that omnipresent uh it's always available at all times no matter where or why where i am and uh And there's no requirements other than the ones I may entertain to uh, meet it, yeah, because uh, I would say it's us. So yeah, I feel everyone, I think in the book, at least in the 12 and 12, it implies that that's a beginning understanding of my own understanding. And of course, it's going to grow as you move forward, yeah, because the thing is, you're going to be under the influence of this power, yeah? Yeah. You are. The program of recovery works. Yeah. I've seen a lot of different characters walk in and they're all, and a lot of them can stay sober a day at a time if they follow these simple suggestions and shit. Yeah. It's a working solution here, which is a lot to say because a lot of the solutions that are offered don't work a lot of the time so this is a you know you're going to actually sense something working in your life i feel i mean unless your geiger counter your you know your geiger thing is is done is turned off and you're gonna pick up something's going on i mean how many people see so many coincidences in their lives when they get sober i mean things just start happening and almost like divine choreography and shit. And so, I mean, they came to believe in my experience was observation. I observed I hadn't drank in eight weeks. That was, I had come to believe that something could do for me what I couldn't do for myself because I couldn't stay sober for a day. So that was all based on observation. So I feel you observed that presence and the effects and then you come to other conclusions yeah and some of those conclusions become the conclusion yeah it's like it's not like a you're not laying down a new floor you've got a new floor yeah there's being convinced and it and it has and you've arrived at certain conclusions through the process of recovery and now that's sound. It's not up for debate every fucking three months and shit, yeah? And that allows you to become like a free-range alcoholic in a way, yeah? Because you're clear and, uh, you know, I mean, really, you know, resistance is futile. You know, you just recognized uh, the inability to convince the programming that uh, it's a failed system yeah it's not going your self is going to keep trying to get out of self that's it doesn't see it's not at the level of admitting admitting that it's failed that has to come from somewhere else yeah that's my feeling my head never came to the conclusion it was it was failed something brought me to that conclusion outside the system, and told me, hey, bro, you're fucked, and you're not managerial quality. Yeah, the system didn't tell me that. The system said, oh, you're fucked, but that's because this or that or that or that it is, Go have a drink, yeah? But something put an end to it by said, telling me, hey, bro, you're fucked, and you know you're not managerial quality, so what you're relying on ain't working, and it's not going to work. You cannot rehab that thing to a point where it's gonna be a working system. You have to find another system. You wanna call it spirit? And you need to have that guidance. It will, use, it will come through the same mechanism, but its directive will be totally different. And you can see it's different directive, which is you'll have it by giving it away. What fucking Coke dealer ever follows that fucking principle? Yeah, you have it by giving it away. Yeah, so you learn a new system. Yeah, you not through the new old system, but through the guidance of this spirit, it you it it re it recovers, it rehabilitates the old system because it changes its center, which is self. You're not self centered anymore, you're centered. Yeah, it's different, completely different. Yeah, and that centeredness gives you vision. You can see false evidence as just that, false evidence. Yeah, so it doesn't provoke an action and an action, without an action, there's not gonna be a huge consequence. And therefore you travel lighter through your life because you don't fucking put your foot in your mouth every fucking day, yeah? You want to, but it doesn't happen because you have a new, a new power by admittance of your powerless state. You now have power, yeah? You have power to see false evidence. And that, that which used to move you into an action that produced heavy consequences doesn't move you into an action anymore. It doesn't. It may upset your head a little bit, so fucking what? I'd much rather have a little upset in my head than a 20-year prison sentence. I would. I see that as incredible progress. Seriously, yeah? And man, fuck. I'm happy you're back, Oliver, but man, I don't think I would, I could, I wouldn't survive. Uh, There's no way, there's no fucking way. I can see me as an old man shooting coke in my fucking neck. I mean, it would be, I would have died before I even pushed the plunger. It would be, (laughs) I would have had a pre-heart attack before the heart attack. (laughs) So, you know, that life is over. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I could give a shit about it. Yeah, it's just, I think, really, a lot of everything that we're driven to is based on feeling dissatisfied and discontent. If you felt satisfied and content, uh, most of your behavior be, would be radically changed. It would, yeah. If you were, if your basis was satisfaction and contentment, a lot of the behavior that used to have a field day through you wouldn't even get wouldn't even get to the starting line. And this is what this way of life allows. It allows a whole new attitude and a new outlook. My attitude is I'm fucking pretty chilled out and okay. (laughs) That's my attitude and my outlook is that I'm in good hands. (laughs) That's it, yeah? My new freedom and my new happiness is... uh, is a very intimate event. I can't really explain it to you. Yeah. To live free doesn't have to have a correlating picture of like, you know, living on a cliff house and getting, you know, taking an escalator down to the beach with perfect waves all day. No, looking free will be intimate for you. Yeah. How it's like to be free will be intimate. Yeah. Free from the bondage of self. Yeah. So, thanks, man.
0: Thanks, Oliver. Well, I don't see any more hands up.
1: Well, that would be good because uh, uh, my platter is uh, is demanding some attention.
0: Dennis just put his hand up, man. You want to? All right, go hurry up. All right. Go ahead, Dennis.
2: Oh, thanks. Um, Thanks, Paul. I've been uh, watching your videos. Never been on here. I wanted to get on here. I was in a meeting and then there was one after the meeting. So, But you've kind of recharged my wanting the program. I didn't walk away from the program. I think we have about the same length of time, but I've listened to your talks for quite a few years. And I just want to thank you for... The information and how you put it, and how it makes more sense to me, and how you've taken the program and described the self, and I just really truly wanted to thank you so much for that. That's what well, I got. You,
1: yes, that's the uh, that's one of the what you just said is one of the fruits of the seed assignment. Yeah, it's very nice because uh, really that's all I really wanted. It wasn't working in my own community because they they caricature they made me a caricature, yeah, non-self Paul, Buddha Paul, fourth step Paul, basically. So they thought they knew me, so they never heard me really. After a while, so we put out a we put out a website to get it to other people because I knew there was people in in my tribe that this would really trigger something trigger something profound so there was no stopping that which was compelling this action of sharing so i'm very happy thanks for that share
2: yeah thank you man
1: yeah all right i'm gonna say goodbye to everyone yeah and then say hello to the bathroom yeah so we got we got steve steve d nice nice to see you steve pleasure, man. Mike, as always, fantastic. Mike, I talked to Julie, so I'll tell you the information after I get off. Mike O, always. Paul, yes, you got another off day, Paul, but the weather's changing. Get ready, man. I got some good ones. Yeah. We got Eric in Toronto. Nice to hear from you, Eric. Yes. Rob Farr, as always fantastic pleasure rob thank you so much for just showing up really appreciate all you all you long timers i really appreciate we got ruby rose from wichita nice to see you, ruby beautiful setting nice fire we got vicky yes she's she's come out of the she's come out of the void to show us yes she uh, that's wonderful yeah we got Roman, as always. I love that radiator, Roman. Yeah, we don't have radiator at this house. We got the, whatever it is central heating, something. We got, uh, let's see, I lost them again. Let me go back. There's Roman, Eric. We got everyone there. We got, oh, uh, there's Fee. Nice to see you, Fee. This thing's moving today pretty heavy. We got Suzanne, fantastic, a friend of from the Endeavor Academy, Walter. We got Jacob, nice to see you, Jay. We got Eamon, nice to see you, my friend, uh, Linda, a pleasure, Maggie, Chris M, Tom, H, Richard, Richard. Come with us and enter the design for living. Yeah? Yeah, please. Oh, we saw Walter. Walter from the Netherlands. Yeah, very nice. Okay, let me go to this one. We've got Stefan on having never left. We got Kana. Nice to see you, Kana. We got Nina, not Mina, not Tina, but Nina. There you go. Always a pleasure, Nina. Leah, again. Oh, Verena, some of my three favorite. Very fantastic, right in one row. We got Dennis. Thanks, Dennis, for that uh those lovely words. Carl, thanks for the service, my friend. Yes, I like your uh the choosing of the uh the readings. A lot is revealed in your choice of the readings. We got Izzy. Izzy, nice to see you michael s he's uh the man of Madeira. and she's the backbone of zen Bitch slap in the zoom world nice to see you and thank you for all the service we've given up on the changing of the time i guess who cares
3: <laughs> well I'll readdress it in a week from uh tuesday
1: yeah, always a pleasure Leah. i remember the first time i met you very nice uh, we got Chris B, Carl N. We got uh, let's see. Well, I got Carmela T. Nice to see you, Carmela. Nice to meet you, Oliver. Yes. Uh, we got uh, Ali. Nice to meet you, Ali. Yes. Yeah. You know, something is gonna treat us a lot nicer than we treat us. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be surprised, yeah, yeah. We got Linda, nice to see you, Linda. Yes, there you go. We got another Oliver, oh, that's Oliver He's with a hat on. We got Michael, F, nice to see you, Michael. Rick A, Rick A with the uh, electric X-ray, that's nice. I like that. There's some people I don't see, so I'm just gonna say goodbye. Hey, thanks everyone. We'll be in, uh, we'll be doing uh, a non-duality on Saturday and then on Tuesday, Thursday, we'll be back to the recovery. And uh, there's a people stay on after the meeting. So if anyone wants to hang out, that would be great. And uh, I'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Thanks for this opportunity. See you, Mike. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.